Once once we have invested into them, then meaning that we have a belief in the founders, right? Yes. So we have to stay true to our game, right? So we we believe the founders, but again, even though we we believe in them, they will need help, right? Yes. They do they help? Let's say facing regulations, government officials, right? Licensing issues and etc. So those those are are the parts that we are trying to help them uh, along way in the journey. Yeah. And by doing that, actually, we also creating goodwills with the other investors. So yeah. it's a win-win situation for us and the the other investors as well. Hello, dreamers and action takers! Welcome to another episode of the Want Money Got Money podcast. I'm your host Sam Kamani, and my guest today is Chandra Fermento, who is. The managing partner for Indogen Capital, a very prominent and active VC firm in Jakarta, Indonesia. So, Chandra, it's great to have you on the show. I heard really nice things about you from Victor, who I've met um, online, and he ta- he told me quite a few good things, especially about Indogen Capital. So, I'd love to know your story. How did you end up becoming a venture capitalist? You've done some really amazing things in your career. So, please tell us what you're up to these days. Hey, thank you, Sam. Thank you for having me. It's such an honor. So, yeah, maybe introduce a bit about myself. So, I, w- I went to school at uh, USC in Southern California. Afterwards, then I worked for Centers in El Segundo, Marina del Rey area yes. uh, for two years. After the, that experience, I came back and then to Indonesia. So, I'm originally from Indonesia. So, I came back to Indonesia and continue my the family business. So I handled my family business. So my family business is we we have a distributions of many products like yes. Yamaha motorcycles, uh, Dunlop tires, fast-moving consumer goods such as Unilever, snacks products, right? And we also have a multi-finance company, small banks, property uh, businesses, uh, development businesses, and also hotel chains as well. And in total, we have about 3,500 employees and about 150 branches across Indonesia. In 2015, I managed to actually hand it over the operations to professionals. So yes. I moved myself to become the chairman and suddenly I have uh, more free time and yes. can start thinking about what will be next, right? Yes. And I've been actually very interested into the, the tech investment landscape because of my Uh, past experience uh, in Accenture's yeah. and as well because uh, Indonesia is uh, actually playing a very important role right in terms of the Southeast Asia tech investment landscape Absolutely. and I realized that actually there are so many venture capitals uh, based in Singapore and then actually investing into tech tech startups and then thinking about actually expanding to Indonesia But they are facing difficulty because of the regulations, uh, local, yeah. local partners, right? Penetrating the traditional mindset of many of the corporations there, right? Yes. So I really think that there is a, an opportunity to set up a VC where we can actually become a very good value-added partners for yeah. other VC and well-performing startups. Yeah. So at Indochin, we don't invest in early stage startups, what we do is we are specializing actually in helping other venture capitals and also well-performing startups actually to expand and to win Indonesian market. Yeah, yeah, that is that is great. In my experience, 
the the culture in a corporate is so so different to culture in startups and as you say that mm-hmm. you know the difference in the in the mindset and how traditional businesses operate and even even in countries like new zealand or us that how the traditional corporates operate is very slow there is a lot of bureaucracy there is a lot of i don't know overhead of resources and they just don't move that fast whereas startups you need to move really really fast if you want to beat the incumbents in the market how did you make that sort of transition and how do you help those sort of startups with that or, or help other businesses with that yeah like i mentioned before i had experience actually doing works as well for startups during my time at accentures right and then afterwards yes. i i I did the same as well for my family businesses. I actually started as a brand manager in one of the Yamaha dealers and then yeah. uh, starting to make my way Italy to to become the the head of the divisions that after that become uh, joining the group holding then slowly rose actually to leaderships. So it's it's, yeah. it's not something that can come in instance, okay? Yeah. So it's a, a process. So along the way you you understand really well how to athlete could convince a, yes. a board of directors right so board of directors usually they they like to play it safe right yeah yeah they like to play it safe but with startups nothing nothing safe right <laughs> is the riskiest thing you can do pretty much <laughs> so so yeah. it's a it, you, you need to find a balance between yes. Uh, yes not risking anyone's work right at the yeah. board of directors but giving the chance as well to the startups and make the the board of directors looks good right and then actually yeah. they all really in, in interested in incorporating digitalizations into their corporations Absolutely. it's just a matter of have to be they they can they can control the risk that that is very important yeah so what i have done actually i can bridge the communications between what they can start first without actually risking their work or their yes. job right Yes, and after that, going to the startups and then explaining to them about what the corporations actually trying to achieve. Yeah, so that is a very important role, and we have been helping uh, many startups actually successfully expand it to Indonesia, like Lala yeah. Move from Hong Kong, for example, a unicorn company, and yeah. also we have helped Carsam actually from Malaysia. They they came here as a number three players in the market, and then right now they are the leaders in the the ecosystems. So oh, that's uh, very cool. Yeah, we pride ourselves in in connecting to our networks. So it's yes. also very important in Indonesia. So in Indonesia, it will be very helpful. Not I think not only in Indonesia, but in the most developing countries. If you have good networks, then yeah, it will come in handy, right? So you can immediately reach the CEO or the COO, right? And then absolutely, you can make a decision, right? Done. Yes, but but again, even though you know them really well. You need to bring value to them, right? Yeah. So, like I mentioned before, you don't want you don't want them to to actually to to take a risk uh, with their job by helping you. So yes. So I'm trying to bring a win-win solutions between the startups and the corporations. Yeah, yeah, very, 
That's that's really excellent. It's like you would have seen in your time lots of um, startups or other businesses move to Indonesia, and Indonesia is such a fast-growing, vibrant market. People don't realize it's such a huge market, two hundred and seventy million people, and really developing fast in the last you know two decades or so. What is the despite being a fast-moving market? What mistakes do you see, like other startups who when or startups or businesses when they move to Indonesia from outside, they make? Yeah, but the problem is most people know Indonesia from Bali, right? That's number yes. One. Uh, number two, they will know Jakarta, right? Yeah. So, so that's become problematic. Once they they think about Indonesia, they immediately go to. Jakarta, or even worse, to Bali, which which means that you're just going for vacations, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay, so so basically, there are Indonesia is such a big country, right? Yeah. Again, we have a population of three uh, three hundred seventy five million people. Wow, forty five percent of Southeast Asia populations. Wow, but in yeah, about forty five percent. Just imagine that of yeah. the entire Southeast Asia. So so basically, if you can win Indonesia, then you can win Southeast Asia. As simple as that. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. And and the biggest mistake is actually they're concentrating in in only in Jakarta, Jakarta yeah. and the green area. So most of the the startups they will immediately just go to Jakarta, but yes. not all actually will be suitable to to come to Jakarta. And Jakarta, everyone is coming to Jakarta. So meaning it's mm-hmm. it's actually a red ocean, right? So yes. it's not a good strategy to do blue ocean strategy, right? Everyone yes. knows about blue ocean strategy. Absolutely. For example, like Karsam, right? Uh, so Karsam, when they came to Indonesia, uh, they they started in, of course, in Jakarta in the Decreter area, and yeah. then they, they were facing competitions from local startups called BMG or Beli Mobil Gue. It's a, a local a name for buying my own car. Yes. Right. Buying my car. And then the the other one is Carol, right, from Singapore, right, and everyone is uh, competing for the same piece of cake and very tough market. And when I when I connect get connected to Carlson from Gobi Capital, I immediately analyzed the competition landscape and I realized that hey, why everyone want to play in this Jakarta and and the I mean, the greater area, right? Uh, because yeah. actually the used car for, as a used car platform like Carlson. The good market is actually located outside Java. Yeah, because Indonesia fastest growing region is actually in the eastern part. So Indonesia have a very good economic growth, year-on-year economic growth, but actually the one that contributing the most in the last three to five years actually is the eastern part. Oh, As okay. a, I, I get the suggestions to to Karsam, why don't we just expand outside from Java? So. The, the the Jakarta and greater area strategy will be we will maintain whatever that we have but yes. in order to win the Indonesian market then let's go to Sumatra let's go to uh, Borneo let's go to Sulawesi where nobody else actually doing anything there yeah so we went outside there and then for its region actually as a use card platform what you need to do is you just need to uh, get connected to three to four players for its region so yes. it's very simple so you can imagine India, right? You mentioned that you grew up in India. Yeah. So just imagine if in one province, let's say. Yeah. So actually, yeah. the 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 person that have the most connections for used car in India in one region probably just yes. uh, three to four individuals, right? Yeah. 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 The same thing also happened in Indonesia. So 
we decided to move really fast and then close all those individuals without any competitions. Yeah. And yeah. eventually, then Karsam uh, could become number one really fast in Indonesia. So that's what I would suggest uh, for startups that actually interested to come to Indonesia or any other VC. You need to really, really learn the landscape, understand the market, and look outside from Jakarta region. Yeah. yeah. You say that it's the local knowledge that you've got that is so important. And mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. You, you need people like you on the mm-hmm. ground to advise because from outside, as you said, most people know about Jakarta and Bali and, and that's not representative of the whole of Indonesia or, or the like different Bali, provinces. Yes. For us, Bali is like another country. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Even for us, Indonesia, right? When I when I when I arrive in Bali, for example, like, hey, I'm in a vacation mood. Uh, yeah, I don't want to. I don't want to work, right? So so that's that's happened also. Uh, just like imagine for Americans, Hawaii, yes. right? Yes, they have the same mindset as well, or Haiti, right? For how yeah for Americans, right? So same yeah. thing. Yeah, very very true. So so what type of startups or founders do you work with? Yeah, we we are we are staying true to our gameplay, which is yes. we want to be the best value added partners for other venture capitals with with when they have a let's say a portfolio company they want to expand in Indonesia. So yeah. meaning that we have to work very close to the founders. We work together yes. with them. So we have a systems at Indogen where we actually reporting to the startups every Friday. So the other way around. Yeah. So we the startup doesn't report to us, but we report to the startups every Friday. So my my team actually uh, will will check about the needs of its startups, and then we will update them the progress every Friday. By doing that, then our portfolio will be able to to keep track with whatever we are helping them with. For example, when when I'm helping Evos right now, Evos is I'm, I'm helping them to get sponsorships from Yamaha Yamaha brand. Yeah. Uh, so. Every Friday, then I will report to them about, hey, this is the progress with Yamaha. This is the this is what we spoke last week. And then this is the progress for this week. And then we have to decide on these matters, for example. So yeah. by having something like that, we, we can really uh, work very closely with the founders, but yeah. not really interfering with what they, they need to do. Because we don't want, yeah. we don't want to be in charge. They, ha- they need to be in charge with their own startups, right? Absolutely. But we really want, want to help them. So they can let us know whatever they need in terms of EVOS. They, they are looking for collaborations. They are looking for sponsorships. So that's that's the area that we are helping them with. That's yeah. just one of them. But we are doing this thing for all our portfolio companies. And right now we have 19 portfolios. Yes. So uh, that's why we have a, a team of seven professionals yeah. helping me with portfolio management. So very busy day to day. Oh, look, you guys are doing an amazing job because this is the first time I've interviewed so many VCs. This is the first time I heard that it is the other way around, that you are bringing so much value to your portfolio companies. Most of them just give the name that you know that they are funded by this VC and that's it. You go and show the report after three months or whatever. <laughs> A lot of them. But you guys are going the the extra mile and, and that's amazing. And you're able to maintain that balance that not helping them without interfering in their vision so they can still grow and become what 
they can to their full potential. So, so that's really great. Yeah. Again, again, once once we have invested into them, then meaning that we have a belief in the founders, right? Yes. So we have to stay true to our game, right? So we we believe the founders, but again, even though we we believe in them, they will need help, right? Yes. The day-to-day help, let's say, facing regulations, government mm-hmm. officials, right? Licensing issues and etc. So those those are are the parts that we are trying to help them uh, along way in the journey. Yeah. And by doing that, actually, we also creating goodwill with the, the other investors. So yeah. it's a win-win situation for us and the the other investors as well. Yeah. A lot of the VCs or, or funds that I've um, interviewed, they sometimes are industry specific, like they only invest in, say, banking or fintech or or esports or um, whatever the industry might be or healthcare. Mm-hmm. Do you are you industry agnostic or do you have only particular industries you guys um, like to invest in? Mm, we we don't like to limit ourselves for one special industry. Uh, yes. The, the reason why I started Indigen Capital is actually because, again, I really love the connections. After my my time in the family businesses, then I would like to connect to great people like, for example, yourself today, right? Mm-hmm. So it's going to give me more experience in my life. And I really want to learn other industries as well. So, yes. for example, like the esports, right? Yes. Uh, I had zero knowledge about esports game uh, before I yeah. we invested into Evos, and then we 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 are yes. helping them. But right now, I'm learning every day, uh, and it's a, yes. it's a it's an amazing industry. Yeah, it is absolutely it is booming. It is the green fields thing, you know. I I am just passionate about it, so I like to <laughs> um, share a few things. Like the gaming itself is bigger than TV, Hollywood, movies, exactly. books, music, exactly. everything combined, mm-hmm. and it is growing yes. much faster than everything else. And you know the the number of hours like. You know, YouTube has really high number of hours watched, but so much of the content on YouTube is is gaming content, you know, like right. hours, yeah. like every single second, hundreds of if not thousands of hours of gaming content is uploaded. And and places like Twitch, they're made for gaming. You know, the other day, Slack got acquired by Salesforce for 28 billion or 27.7 billion. Yes, yes, I read that. Agreed. Yes. So Slack <laughs> is in fact it is a fifth of the size by number of users of Discord. And Discord mm-hmm. is a thing which gamers use to connect. Um, gamers chat on Discord. So Discord has 10 times more users than Slack does. So you can imagine the value of Discord. And when Discord goes to market or when it IPOs, if it ever does, you would see its stock skyrocket, wow. just like what has happened to Airbnb today and DoorDash yesterday. So 170 billion added to the market. But yeah, Discord is absolutely massive. And the gaming communities, I think it has, uh, Slack had 30 million users. This has 300 million Discord. So, and they are super, super engaged, super active. The amount of time they spend on it is insanely Mm -hmm. high. So the gaming keep it on gaming is like, that is the, that is the future. It's like, it's so hard. It's like, you know, for someone to go out and play basketball, you have to find mm-hmm. the right weather, you need friends, but you are in yeah, the yeah. bus going to school as a kid, that's what you're growing up on. So you have the 10 minutes, you're waiting for a bus, you're waiting for a taxi in the car, anywhere, you could do that. So it is just, it is going to be absolutely massive 
in, in the in the coming years, five, 10 years, it is going to eclipse the regular sports <laughs> around the world. So yeah, yeah. So <laughs> sorry to go on a, on, a, on a tangent. Yeah, I cannot agree more though. I cannot agree more, Sam. So yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Well, I mentioned before, I didn't know anything about uh, esports. And I mean, I, of course I play games uh, during my yes. childhood time, right? but more mostly console based, right? So yes. So from there then, uh, I kind of like disconnected with the gaming world yes. because uh, we we kind of like the old old schools have yes. the thinking that okay uh, gaming is really the area where you at least spend money not earning money right but that kind of like belief or uh, mindset for all of you watching so you better throw it out the window okay at this moment and then Absolutely. you should you should really learn about the industry it's amazing it's yeah. uh, I think where where the money is going to be. Uh, and then yeah. I agree with you that eSport is going to, to be massive. Uh, it's going to be bigger than any of the sports uh, right now. Yeah, in the world. yeah. Right. Already the, the players, their contracts are massive. The teams for some of the esports, they are worth so much, so much money, whether it's Overwatch or League of Legends in South Korea, or they fill out stadiums. When the NBA doesn't have games in US, I mean, of course, right now everything has changed. The stadiums mm-hmm. fill out, the same stadiums are used for esports events that most Older people still don't even know about that. This is what's going on. (laughs) That's what the stadiums are being used every day, apart from the few basketball games a year in that stadium, the rest of the year. Yeah, yeah. But it is is a very promising area. And I'm sure there are so many different areas out there that probably I'm not aware of and you would know. So what's next for Indogen Capital? What's your plan for the next five years? Are you uh, planning to raise the next fund or, or what stage is Indogen in at the moment? Yeah, so we, we actually plan to raise our second fund, right? Uh, yes. At least in uh, January, we decided to to raise the second fund and then COVID yes. hit, right? Yes. Uh, and then, uh, of course, we, we, are, we are very fortunate. We we have still have people believing in us and then we managed to do a first close. Oh, so fantastic. We, yeah, yeah, we did our first close of our second fund actually during COVID time. And then probably we, we will do the second close starting next year. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's great. That's great. Congratulations for for that. In your in your career, you would have met lots of lots of founders and startups. How do you pick the winners? How do you know who you should invest in and what differentiates great founders from good founders? Actually not not very difficult because again we we don't invest in the seed level, right? So if, if the question mm-hmm. is being asked for finding the right I mean, like startups at, at the seed level is going to be tougher because yeah, there's really not there's nothing to analyze, right? Yeah, you have to use founder, you're picking the founder. Yeah, you're picking the founders, right? You yeah. basically have to pick course, right? And yes. then after that, then probably you look at the industry. Yeah, come from the hot sectors, right? Everyone's yes. looking for that sectors. It's doing well, right? Let's say in India or let's say in East Asia. That's why you yes. you you believe that it's going to be the same as well mm-hmm. because you understand so is Asia market then you're going to look at that sectors, right? Yes. So I will say that you have to start from industry always. So you look at the industry because if the industry is struggling, then mm-hmm. uh, even though the startup is good, then nothing will change, okay? Yes. There will be no exit, there will be no M&A, there will be no secondary purchase. So yes. uh, there is no point of investing into that startups, unfortunately. Yeah. So you start from the industry. So once yes. you have picked the industry, the second thing is you are, you have to do a competition landscape. 
So you you see who are the players right now in the mm-hmm. industry, and then you try to to see the backers uh, combined with the founders, combined with the business model, combined combined with the monetization. Then you can see who is actually going to be the winner in the in the market. Yeah. It doesn't have to be the number one uh, startups right at the at the moment because it can change. Yes. Yes. Right. So right. we we try to to take a look, but sometimes in one industry there can be multiple winners. Yes. Right. Not not sometimes. Though. Most of the times. Most right? of the time. Exactly right. Yes. Most of the times. Most of the times. Yeah. Most of the times there will be multiple winners. So you'll be more comfortable picking which whichever that you believe that the founders have have the same goal with you. Right. So that's yes. that's usually the way that we do it. So we try to meet all the startups. Right, and then try to help them first. Along the way, while while helping them, we can do some somewhat of a due diligence uh, to them. Right, so that's 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 what we do at Indigent. Yeah, yeah. No, that is that is great. That is a a very good methodology, and yeah, I always like to find out how VCs pick talent because in early stages it's talent in later stages it is a lot more it is a lot more you can look at the numbers because early stages there are no numbers yet i mean that's just my sort of experience if you had to start all over again what would you do what would your strategy be mm. if i have to start all over again then i think most most importantly i think we did quite good from the beginning but we 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 tried to to gamble a bit by picking up earlier stage startups we we actually better off staying true to our game so Absolutely. become the, the best the best value added partners for yes. for indonesia right uh, to win indonesia market so we did we did gamble a bit into one to two startups and then the startups not doing well yeah. so those uh, two startups actually the only two startups that not doing well in our portfolio yeah yeah so we decided after that experience to just become the value added partners for Soich Asia helping yeah. well performing startups by helping as well then we can do our own due diligence on the startups yes. and the one that we really love we really like then we will invest yes and by doing that fortunately so far everything goes really well so oh that is if, if i can if i can redo it again then i will I will I will decide not to gamble at all. Yes. <laughs> that that makes so much sense. I mean, you guys have such a good story and and it is so clear. You guys add so much, bring so much value and you can only bring value at those later stages. It's very hard in the earlier stages because the earlier stages the startup has to find its own ground and you know it has to find its own sort of strengths that it can bring to Indonesia kind of thing. So, yeah. Yeah, very 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 true. Before we finish, I've got these three questions that I do ask everyone and first of one is what is the book that you are reading right now or the last book that you read? I'm reading about the the CEO of Disney, Bob Iger. Yeah. So so I I I really like that book because he's he's trying to convince actually the Disney Disney boards, right? Uh, yes. Old fashioned boards about acquiring for example uh, Pixar, right? This, it's just like reading story, but it's it's a very good experience as well about how he, he tried to change the the very uh, very comfortable corporations leading corporations in the in their field at least to to accept digitalizations right and then trying yes. to to think outside the box about expanding the the company 
So, yeah. and by doing that, you can see today that Disney has grown into a very uh, massive, massive absolutely. Right? Otherwise, they would be gone because of Netflix. Otherwise, yeah. they would have faced so much tough time. But you know, them acquiring Pixar, Marvel, and Star Wars, like Lucas Films, all that. It is amazing. It's given them so much content for the next hundred years, <laughs> pretty yeah. much. Like, yeah, that's, that's what uh, I've been reading uh, lately. Yes. I mean, like the last book that I read. Yeah, yeah. And is there any either a YouTube channel or a podcast that you follow or that you learn from? Not really, though. So I, I would suggest to start following you. <laughs> oh, that's great! Thank you. Thank I'll, you. I will take a look into in, into. Uh, I I think like I I watch some of your contents as well. Uh, very impressive. Uh, that's why I decided. Yeah. Okay, uh, I would like to contribute as well. So I think this this channel is going to be very beneficial for young young people that yes. uh, have passions actually going into the tech investment or maybe going into become a startup founder. So hopefully. Absolutely. That's pretty much all my listeners are all like yeah. um, entrepreneurs, aspiring yeah. founders. <laughs> my session today can open up maybe exactly uh, an opportunity for Southeast Asia as well. Yeah, yeah. And final, finally, the third question in the in the series of these three quick ones is: If you had unlimited time, resources, and money, what would you build or what would you work on? Well, if I have unlimited money, I think I will. I'll make sure that everyone is getting the benefit of it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right? that's very I'll noble. Sure that's that, really great. Uh, we we can end poverty. That's number yeah. one, right? So everyone yeah. just maybe probably if if possible, then doesn't have to work anymore and just having fun and then uh, chill out <laughs> together, right? Not doing anything, right? Because I think there are so many problems in the world yeah. happen because of the greed of money, right? Yeah. So if I can have unlimited money uh, and unlimited power, then I'll make sure that nobody have to, uh, nobody else have to think about money anymore. Then I think yeah. the world is going to be a better place. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. And everyone will be, will be, will be. I mean, like, will be happy, joining hand, like maybe uh, drinking together, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that sounds to, a bit like Bali. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, like everyone, is, everyone will be in the holiday mood every day, right? So yes. <laughs> there is no stress, right? There is no pressures, right? There is there will be less anger, right? Yeah, so so it's going to be a better world for sure. Yeah, that's great. That's that's really really noble of you. And finally, do you have a ask? Are you looking for any like? Are you looking for startups to invest in, or team members to hire, or in limited partners? Anything? Anything you're looking for? Anyone that's listening to this? Yeah. Well, if for again, we are we are planning to do our second second close of our fundraising. So of course yeah, we are looking for limited partners as well, but not just limited partners. We are looking at very strategic limited partners that can uh, also help with the ecosystems of uh, startups in in uh, Southeast Asia. Yeah. And then for startups again, we are if you have plan, let's say, to expand to Indonesia, and we are more than happy to help you. So please feel free to reach out to me anytime. And also, if you are fizzy or a tech invest, investors, and then you have a, a portfolio of companies that you think that can do really well, uh, if you expand to Southeast Asia and Indonesia, feel free to reach out to me as well. 
Yeah, that's fantastic. I will I will connect you to some other sort of VCs or limited partners after this. Um, just a couple that have been previously on the on the show and and all that. So it, everyone's network grows, and you know it's works for everyone. So it's great. Yeah, yeah. So nice of you. Thank you. No, no problem. Thank you so much. And it's great to yeah, have you on the show and learn more about Indogen and about your story. I'm sure a lot of um, aspiring founders will find this really useful. So thank you so much. And my pleasure. Uh, thank, thank you, Sam, for the invitations. Uh, everyone stay safe. Okay. Have a good day. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Want Money, Got Money with Sam Kamani. Hope you enjoyed the show and got some valuable insights that would help you in your startup or your business. If you haven't already, please subscribe and rate this show on your favorite platform. It would be extremely helpful and I just cannot tell you how much I would appreciate that.